0: going to Talk is Jericho. It's the pod of thunder and rock and roll, and I've got a rock star today. Not the kind you're thinking of, though. This guy's a rock star behind the scenes of AEW. He's also Dustin Rhodes' tag team partner in The Natural Nightmares. I'm talking about QT Marshall. Don't say Marshall. He's making his talk as Jericho debut. He asked me to do this show about six months ago, but I felt it was finally time after his amazing Bunkhouse Brawl match that he had just a few weeks ago in Dynamite, Uh, one of the best matches I've seen so far this year. And you're going to hear his journey to AEW, which includes an almost detour through through WWE. He was offered a tryout, and then it was taken away from him, uh, ripped out of his hands, much like uh, Luther and WCW. He's going to tell that story. He's talking about his wrestling school in Atlanta, how that came to be the place where AEW filmed six weeks of TV in a single day When the pandemic shutdown first happened at the end of March, QT's got stories about All In in Chicago, meeting Cody, and how a trip for fun turned into a huge opportunity. You can hear about his time in Ring of Honor, the wrestlers who inspired him, some of his favorite matches. Here we go. It's QT Marshall right here on Talk Is Jericho.
1: I mean, I guess we're just
0: going to talk, right? We're just going to talk, man. We actually, we even just started already. Oh, wow. So okay. I, I get the feeling this might be your first ever podcast. My first
1: podcast that actually means something.
0: All right. So here with QT Marshall. Oh, man. Marshall. And yeah. Where did the Marshall come from? Um,
1: on the Indies, I needed a, uh, a last name that people could identify with. Uh-huh. And my mom at the time had purchased a jacket for me and <laughs> mailed it to me from New Jersey. I was living in Florida. I said, I don't need a jacket. And then I said, all right, well, where is it from? She said, Marshall's. I said, Oh, God. Well, I, I can only imagine. because She always has to buy everything if it's on sale or if it's cheap. Is that like It's like all the Coles
0: uh, or, or Michaels
1: or something. Like or worse. God. You know what I mean? TJ Maxx? Like TJ like, Maxx, like <laughs> Max, right. It's in the same family. And um, she said, But it's Marshall's. And then I said, Oh, that's cool. If I have the ring announcer call me Marshall and I correct him. It's just easy, cheap heat. Of course, so of course. It's stuck now. I don't care. <laughs> now, Russian yeah, Russian. I would rather just be Mike, but it's QT But so. it's
0: it's 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 interesting because you 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 mentioned months ago about doing this uh, doing my show, and I was always into it and thinking about it. But I wanted I always wait until there's something that happens that really pops. Sure, sure. And last week uh, you had the bunkhouse. Match Whew, yeah. with uh, with Dustin and yeah. uh, and and Butcher and Blade, and it was probably the, in my opinion, the best match that I've seen you in. I mean, it was the most violent, yeah, but the most yeah. memorable.
1: Definitely a defining moment.
0: Yeah, define. Now, tell me, why was it a defining moment for you? So,
1: just being partners with Dustin, there's a lot of you know nepotism and stuff that goes along with that, and being friends of Cody, and and I always feel like I just I need to prove myself, even though like. I've been training in wrestling for 16 years. Mm-hmm. I don't really need to prove myself, but to, like, certain fans, I feel like I always do, right? And I always have to justify why I'm here, even though, like, I do a lot of stuff. But anyway, a lot of
0: stuff. We'll talk about <laughs> that. Yeah.
1: yeah. But um, so, like, during this match, I, I, I thought about it. I said, okay, you know, we always talk about, like, live forever. What could I do that, if I never wrestle again, like, that would live forever, and the night before, I was just at the building looking over stuff, uh, you know, as I do for the, on the production side of things. And I saw a humongous ladder. And I was like, man, what if I jump off this ladder? <laughs> like, not realizing that a ladder is probably not going to be in a bunkhouse, man. whatever. I was just like, what could I do off this ladder? And then I climbed up. When no one was here, I just climbed up. And, and I looked down. And I was like... So I literally yelled to one of the production guys. I was like, "Hide this ladder because this one is way too big." And um, well,
0: that's one of those things I'll say that when you're in the, when you're on the ground looking up, no yeah, problem. No, when you're problem. up top looking down, you're like, "Holy
1: shit!" And, and that's the thing is like, I would have had to jump off maybe the fourth rung down, and then you just look like a wuss. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? It's like, well, he doesn't want to go to the top. <laughs> and uh, so we we got a, a little bit smaller. It was still like ten or eleven feet, and uh, man, I'm still feeling it. Like. Tony saw me yesterday as we were leaving um, after we were, you know, talking business. And I was like, oh, I'll catch up. I'm just going to run to the restroom real quick. And I went to run and I can't. So like, <laughs> when I came back, he was like, yeah, you're not wrestling this week. Right. And I was like, uh, you know, I don't know. What do you guys have planned? And he was like, yeah, yeah no, you're not like I'm telling you you're <laughs> that's, not. That's and real. I was like, OK, you know, which is. Which is fine, you know. I, mean, I, you know, I want to wrestle all the time, but I'm okay taking this week off. Mm-hmm. So especially with it being cold out tonight. Yeah, so. but there's
0: so much great stuff in that match. And like I said, I mean, it's, I mean the thing with Dustin that I love, and I've only worked with him maybe one time here, is he still has the same mentality that you just said. He still needs to, not prove, but every night he needs to show that he belongs. He needs to show that he's in the mix. He's very driven.
1: I've, I've realized that as I team with him now that for some reason, like... He doesn't believe that he's like. That's right. He's Dustin yes, Rhodes. Yes, exactly. Even like when we talk about stuff, and he's like, "Well, you think we should?" I'm like, "We should do whatever you want because yes. you're Dustin friggin' yes. Rhodes, dude. You can do whatever you want. Like, there's a, a hierarchy here in this company, I believe. Mm-hmm. And there's like five people, and like he's one of them.
0: You know, and well, he, for some be, reason, he doesn't. You know, I think because he had, you know, he still has the mentality of, of being in WWE for so long, where they didn't really. Um Respect him for his abilities. It's one of those things, like, it's one of the reasons why I came here. Like, if I was still there, we'd be slotted where we're slotted, and we come here and it's instant kind of top guy right. main event potential because of the experience of level. Of course, of course. And also, too, I mean, Dustin's probably still in the best shape that he's ever been in. It bothers me.
1: Yeah. Like, I want to get a full bodysuit
0: because it's, it just
1: bothers me <laughs> yeah. that, like, my, you know, even my family's just like, so that your partner, you know, he's a little older than you, but like, he looks great. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, mom, I get it. Like, I'm, I'm working on it. You right, know? right. Uh, I always say, like, well, my character wouldn't be ripped. <laughs> and my mom's like, you're just lazy. That's you know? always like, the way to hide behind my it. Character right? yeah, be my character doesn't need to be ripped. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Or have a full head of hair or
0: whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so so let's talk about some of this stuff because, I mean, like I said, you you had a great match. You've had great, uh, good matches, very good matches, but this one was kind of the best one. But um, talk about kind of – I mean, there's so so much to, to to discuss, but talk about your journey to AEW because you do do a lot of stuff here that people yeah. don't know about. I didn't even know about that you do. <laughs>
1: so Okay. In a short bit, Cody brought me on as an assistant. Had and, he seen you working somewhere? So I used to like – I call it interning at Ring of Honor. I had opened a school and I wanted to learn because I thought I could never wrestle again because the WWE told me like they weren't, weren't going to hire me because of my neck injury. Mm. So I was like, shit, well – I don't know what else to do like I'm good at running restaurants like I can do something I'm just not going to enjoy it for the rest of my life so long story short I decided to open up this school with my with my wife in Georgia and um I started going to ring of honor shows because Kevin Kelly I knew him really well and he was a big fan of mine back when and he was like just do commentary for women of honor that'll be the reason you're here but while you're here, sit in the production meetings. Like, pay attention and learn as much as you can. Mm-hmm. And I was like, great. Because even if I just run my own little tiny company with the school and blah, blah, blah. And uh, I went to All In because a student of mine sang the National Anthem. So, really? Yeah, the, Shalandra, her name yeah, was. Yeah, the, so she remember did, her, yeah. So she did the National Anthem. And so I drove her to All In because All In was kind of like, hey. Chicago? Yeah, yeah. and it was like, if you can get there, one of those type of right. deals, right? Like, Because it was all fun, you know. So I was like, "Yeah, let's. I'll bring you there." And and my wife and I went as fans. And then they needed someone to produce the show, and luckily I was there. And I guess unbeknownst to myself, like Cody had told his agent, like that guy's coming with me wherever I go. Hmm. I had thought because I was training Brandy at the time too. Oh, I had thought that like he was just going to go back to WWE, and like I'd never Real see him again. Wow. Yeah, because I'm like, there's no He's way Ring of use Honor, this, yeah, right. There's no way Ring of Honor is going to pay like this crazy amount of money that they deserve and I'll never see him again, and maybe we'll be friends, but, like, I know I can't get a job there, and I'm not going to – I don't have the respect from the wrestling community to be an agent somewhere, you know? So it was just, like – but I was just doing it under, under like, just – at least, like, I've always just wanted to be respected. That's it. You know, just by my peers. Like, I, that's something for me. It's It's not about the money. It's really just, like – to know, like, man, like, Chris Jericho thought that was great. You know what I mean? Something like that. Like, I don't just get looked at as some, some stooge, even <laughs> though, like, I'm, I'm a stooge, you know? And uh, so when that happened, I produced, uh, produced the show for, like, the first half till he was done. And then um, when AEW started, he was like, hey, do you want to come to Jacksonville and film BTE for the rally? And I was like, sure. It was my first day of a beginner class. So beginner class at the time was $1,500, and there were six people signed up. So I was like, man, I'm going to make money finally, you know? (laughs) First day I had to leave, you know? And the students loved it. They're like, oh my
0: God, you're going to AEW. It makes makes
1: them feel even more like that they picked the right place. They loved it. I hated it. But then when I got here, they were like, yeah, we'll offer you this job as an assistant. But I also knew that, like, it's a new company and they don't have everything in place. And as much as everyone thinks that they're going to do stuff, like, they might not be able to get to it or whatever it was. And it, it was in Vegas when I realized, like... Not everyone had the music licenses done and all this stuff. And I was up to, like, 5 a.m. the night before. And then we had a meeting the next day, and I was just supposed to sit there and be quiet. And Cody calls it the Jerry Maguire moment. Because I I didn't flip out, but, like, I guess I did. Mm -hmm. But it was more along the lines of, like, hey, guys, just to let you know, too, like, I can do other stuff. Like, I don't have to just get coffee. I don't have to just bring people from the, the lobby to the room. Like, I can do a lot of stuff. I can coach matches. I can help with promos. Like, I just wanted to let it be known that it was there. And Cody finally was just like, dude, you can't, like, are you going to jump out of this window? Like, you know, like, just tell me what you want. And I was like, I just want to, I don't want a job in wrestling without being involved in wrestling. Mm -hmm. You know, I could be a secretary anywhere. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to do that to me in wrestling and be like, Oh, but you can't be a part of wrestling. That's going to like really hurt me more than anything. So they were like, yeah, we'll give you this, this, uh, this gig. And then I mentioned wrestling once and it was, that was not well-received. And I was like, okay. So I kind of let that be, you know, I didn't do it. And then one day we are on a call and Tony was like, hey, I think we'll put QT in this dark match. And I was like, oh, huh. saying so Cody like texted me on the side during the call, like, well, there you go. You got it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's crazy that all the nepotism, it was never Cody that pushed for me to wrestle. Mm-hmm. He always wanted me to be his assistant because I was really good at that. But I told him like, I'll be good at, anything because i have the drive to do it you know what i mean i'm but i'm gonna mess up a lot like all the time because i'm not
0: trained but see but see just to jump in quickly uh, um like i said i and this is not a cut down it's the same with eddie kingston i'd never heard of you before i didn't know the name i didn't i didn't just didn't know and also then when i started seeing you and kind of okay he's cody's guy but then finding out all the different things that you do (laughs) you're like a really good like assistant coach to coach in that you do a lot of stuff that no one really realizes. And like a a, a hockey player who played third line for 10 years, maybe won a Stanley Cup, always worked hard, scored 10 goals a year, but everybody wanted him on their team. Right. But then once he graduates out and becomes a great coach. So, you know?
1: We talk about that, uh, uh, like, for instance, you know, Michael Jordan doesn't need to open a basketball school. He's not going to. You know what I mean? So, like, that's why I think because I don't have that that big name that I really try to go above and beyond to do everything and sometimes it backfires and I get so stressed and you know like I try not to show it but um I also didn't want anyone to know either because the same reason like like Dean Malenko like he's never known he's never heard of me Mm -hmm. and he shouldn't have so like how am I going to go to Dean and say like hey Dean this is what you're doing you know what I mean like I so I always told Cody even Tony like hey I don't want people to I'd rather be the silent guy that just does a lot of the stuff because at the end of the day, like I don't need people. Like when there was a battle royal, we did a tag battle royal that Tony and I kind of like helped out with and Meltzer wrote about like, oh, it was put together by Tony Khan and QT. And I'm like, oh, don't say me, you know, like (laughs) as great as it is, like it's not like the fans might get mad more than anything like what the why is this guy but, but doing I'll, I'll
0: say this though and you know this like dean is always my coach the agent producer So finally recently i was like he's being wasted with me because i put together my stuff i don't always ask dean his opinion sure but put him with some guys that he can really be dean yeah. Melenko with and yeah and i said just put qt with me because yeah. the few times when i had a, a question for you or do you have any suggestions you came up with a couple things yeah and that's like jamie noble was like that it didn't have to be a lot but it, Dean did it last week with me and Max's match at the pay per view. Sometimes one idea is all you need to fit everything together, you know. And right. I was like, "Yeah, just put put QT with me and, and let you know. Let me bounce off you know ninety nine percent if he has one percent, and let Dean go do 50-50 with the guys, yeah. you know." And,
1: and that's the thing too is like I think it helps that being on the indies for so long, right? I've seen so many things where yeah. I'm like, a lot of it is bad, but then some of it are really good ideas that like no one. Like, you just don't think about them. Right. And then it's, you know, yeah, every now and then I have a good idea where someone's like, man, kid's pretty, yeah. you know. It's like, in Ring of Honor, I brought it up to Bubba because I was trained by him at one point, And I said something about agenting, and he kind of broke it down to me and like, how are you going to tell some of these bigger names? Like, the perception isn't there for you to be able to. And it made perfect sense. And I was like, well, we could just change the perception, I guess. Like, yeah. tell them, like, this guy's really good at the job. Mm-hmm. But it just never got to that point, like. And then AEW started. Thank God, because I was—I didn't know like what I was going to do. And and then um, a buddy of mine went to WWE, and we spoke about it. But like even then, I was like, well, I don't ever want to—I don't want to be number nine thousand eight hundred and twenty-six. You know, this guy. Like I'd rather be yeah. number ten.
0: You know what I mean? I Remember when when I first started going to Hollywood, Rock hooked me up with one of his agents. I think it was maybe CAA or whatever. And he's like, uh, so I was talking to the guy. He's a pretty nice guy. And he goes. Um, he goes. But he goes. This isn't the agency for you yet. You need. You need. Because he goes. He goes. He opened up this book of like two thousand clients. He's like, you. You want. You don't want to be Tom Sexmith. I've never heard who Tom Sexmith is, and we rep him. Yeah. You want to be Chris Jericho. You know that people know and that, like you said, so to to be just a guy has never been the goal. You want right. to be somebody that has some steam and some spotlight. Right.
1: Yeah. It's. It's. You know. Like I said, it's always about for me the the recognition mm-hmm. and the respect of my peers. Of peers. Yeah. The, the, the positive is that the money comes with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yep. that's the positive, but it's never been about that. I mean, I don't ever want to go back. I was telling Tony one day, like I was talking about what I was making before AEW and I was okay. I was happy. I was enjoying my life. I never want to go back to that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Never again. But you know, at least I know as long as there's wrestling involved, I'll be
0: okay. Let's talk about your first match at AW, but before we do, it's my favorite time of year because this is when I get to give and receive one of my favorite gifts. Talking about Omaha Steaks. No better year than this year to give Omaha Steaks to all your family and friends. Besides the fact that all of Omaha Steaks' products are delicioso, they're also delivered safely right to your front door. And this year's Deluxe Griller's Assortment may be the best gift pack yet. comes with four 6-ounce top sirloins, eight boneless chicken breasts, 4 Omaha Steak Burgers, 8 Gourmet Jumbo Franks, 8 Caramel Apple tartlets. I love those, 4 Servings of Scalloped Potatoes, Omaha Steaks, Own Steak Seasoning, and once you enter the promo code Jericho in the search bar at omahasteaks.com, you'll get 4 free burgers and a free digital meat thermometer so that all your meat and chicken is cooked to perfection. Did I mention you're also going to save 50%? Huh? You're Huh? not going to get this deal anywhere else, and the reality is it's too good to pass up. I'm going to order some for myself, as I always do, just to make sure I get some. Uh, But if not, you can send them to me. Go to omahasteaks.com. Enter Jericho in the search bar to take advantage of this great deluxe grillers assortment package. Deliver the perfect gift to your family, your friends, even yourself. Have the world's greatest steaks plus premium meats, sides, and delicious desserts shipped right to your doorstep. Uh, Get your shopping done today, all backed by a 100% money-back guarantee at omahasteaks.com and enter Jericho in the search bar. Go check it out now. So what was your first match in
1: AEW? Uh, It was, coincidentally, Peter Avalon and myself versus Dustin and Sonny Kiss. On dark? On dark. It was in Pittsburgh. Uh, I flew my mother up from nice. uh, from Florida. She sat front row. She was going crazy with the Pittsburgh Steelers tower. That's towels. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. like she texted week- me. It was like week three or something. You had texted me. You were on the plane watching it and you were like, uh, it was like you watched a rerun or whatever yeah. and you were like, dude, I'm watching your mom right now going crazy. <laughs> she was loving it. She's never, you know, she always likes watching me but she uh, never, got you know, she never got to sit front row yeah, like that, yeah. you know, so it was cool but I I just thought it would be like a one-off here and there and then there were times where, Every post-show, I'd go out with the headset on, and Moxley would give me the the DDT. Tony loved that thing of, like, <laughs> sending the people home happy. And I was like, man, I'm never going to get out of this. Yeah. Like, this is what my crew you know, yeah. hey, at least I get in the ring, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I, they made me team with Cody, and, like, I, that's when I did the QT special. Um, what
0: match was that again, you and Cody? Uh, that versus- was in
1: Dallas, where I was – MJF picked me to be Cody's partner because right. I was loser. the loser yeah. wrestler. Yeah. And, 10 out of 10 times I hit the QT special without, without touching the ropes. But I told Cody, I was like, I don't want to do it like that. I want to do it messed up. I think if I do it like Jack Evans, people are just going to be like, oh, it's just like another flip. But if I do it like I had no your, idea I could do it. Your character would never do it perfectly. My character wouldn't do it perfectly, you know? <laughs> Literally, like I have video and I've always told Cody, like, I want to tweet it. When people say, like, I can't, i like, no, I can. I just, like, this is what we do, though. This is the fun of what we do, yeah. you know? It's... So, the cutie, not the QT special, I call it the QT special, cutie special, C U T I E, the cutie special, which is where QT came from. Ah. So, back in the day, it was a gimmick where I didn't want people to hit me in the face. I was Mr. Irresistible. They told me I couldn't be a Mr. something because it was 2009 at the time and, you know, wrestling had evolved. Yeah, yeah, right. So, sure, I was like, "All right, I'll pick something." And I saw QT somewhere. I was like, that's kind of cool. Like at the time, I was a little cutie, I guess. I was twenty-four. <laughs> you know, now I'm like not cutie grizzled, at all. Yeah. yeah, I'm
0: grizzled, balding, scars everywhere. But let's talk um, when, when, like I said, when, when I first started getting to know you, because the first time we ever worked together, because you had the, the Apple. We I want to talk about the Apple. <laughs> yeah. And I came to the to the Pages yeah. Center. Yeah. Yeah. Was he, did he call the performance center? Yeah, the, or the yeah, Eagles? yeah. The DDP, and we filmed some stuff. And I was like, "Who's this is guy with the? Who is this guy?" <laughs> and I was supposed to hit you with a cane. Yeah. to get you with something or other.
1: Yeah. I.
0: Yeah. yeah. When you when you say that, so before
1: that, Cody had like kind of told me like, "Hey, yeah, you're getting a lot of heat with this Apple," and I was like, "Why? What did I do?" So the Apple thing was like, he was calling Jungle Boy to hire him. They wanted to video it, and I was just standing there holding his phone like a jerk
0: you know what i mean like who's oh this, uh, he's talking who's
1: this pretentious oh. guy that can't hold his own phone <laughs> that's right and who's this idiot standing next <laughs> to him holding it, holding it <laughs> you know so then um the director steve he was like you should just so i was eating an apple and then he was like you should just do it every video like it'll be funny after yeah. a while it'll catch on and i was like whatever and i was trying to lose weight anyway so instead of eating candy like i was doing and then it just started people started like oh aw carlito aw carlito right. and i was just like and so we just kept doing it. But then Cody was like, I think Chris might have a problem with the apple. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't even know Chris yet, you know? And I was like, why? He goes, you never know. He's like, I don't know. He goes, maybe he's just having fun. Like, and then he's like, yeah, he's going to come here and beat you up. And I was like, oh, like he's going to hurt me, you know? I was like, oh, no. And then when you hit me, I was like, he barely touched me. Yeah. Like, this whole time, I'm worried, you know? Like, here I did. I pissed off the only guy I didn't want to piss off, you know?
0: No, I, I think it's just because, like I said, I didn't know who you were. And I didn't know what the what the point of the Apple was. It's just one of those things that stuck in my mind. What the hell's up with this stupid Apple? Right? Who's this idiot going into I, business for himself? That's really yeah, what it. Yeah. And that's
1: what it was though. Yeah. Like legitimately, that's what Steve. So Cody didn't like it either. But that's what Steve said. He goes, "If you just keep having an Apple, like it'll get over. It'll get over." over, it'll yeah. get over. And yeah. I'm like, "Okay, well, I had nothing to lose at that yeah, point." Yeah. You know. So hey, was, you
0: became known as the I Apple became guy. Known as the
1: Apple guy. Now I don't even bring the Apple. And yeah. someone, asked, one of my students asked me about it. I was like. I've passed the Apple. Yeah, like, I don't need it anymore. You've evolved. I've
0: evolved. You exactly. Know?
1: They're like, okay, whatever. It's on your all your gear. I'm like,
0: I'm sure. <laughs> so let's have a documentary. I want to talk about that. But first, I know all the social distancing and quarantining at home has been really hard for all of us. I know some of you haven't been able to see your families. I haven't seen my dad in almost a year, which is a drag. Probably won't be able to travel over Christmas either. Hopefully you can. But if you can't, there's something that might make the distance and separation a little easier to deal with. Get your family members a skylight frame. And let me tell you why these digital frames are so amazing. You can update them instantly from anywhere by email. And everyone in the family can send photos as well. You guys know how technically challenged that can be. But even I was able to set up the skylight frame and then load some pictures onto it. We're going to send it to the grandparents and have the kids email more pictures over the holidays. Setting up the skylight frame took less than 60 seconds. You just plug it in and use the touchscreen to connect it to Wi-Fi. You share your personal Skylight email address with your family and friends, and then you sit back and watch the photos pop up on the screen. Skylight Frame is an awesome 10-inch touchscreen. You can swipe to the photos with your finger, just like you do on your smartphone. You can even tap a thank you to the person who sent a photo. You can also preload the Skylight Frame with pictures before you give it. It's an awesome gift for any grandparent or any family member that can't can't be with you uh, over the holidays. Skylight has a 100% satisfaction guarantee, so if you don't love it, they'll offer you a full refund. And right now, you can get 10 bucks off your purchase of a skylight frame when you go to skylightframe.com and use my promo code Jericho. That's right, get 10 bucks off your purchase of a skylight frame at skylightframe.com. Use the promo code Jericho. That's skylight s k y l i g h t f r a m e, skylightframe.com. Use the promo code Jericho. This is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. So then once I started to get to know you, because the one time you guys came over to my house for I mean, a booking meeting that mm-hmm. he and Cody had, and so then he pointed out your documentary, <laughs> which uh, he claims you made it just to get signed. That's the joke between us. But yeah. it was actually really well done, and it actually told a, a hell of a story about, about your career, which I did not know. How did the documentary come about, and what was kind of the whole purpose of it?
1: So this kid, uh, Frank, his brother. What's it called again? It's called... <laughs> Real real original. Yeah. The wrestler. A QT Marshall story. I said it should be called Wrestling with Reese's. Right. Because that's like my life, you know, wrestling with Reese, I just can't get into shape. That was always like, I think, the reason why I never succeeded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, so we did um, this kid, Frank, his older brother, I knew him from Orlando. We all went to the gym together and he goes, hey, my brother just graduated from Full Sail. He wants to do a documentary on wrestling. Can you train him? I was like, yeah, sure. He came to the school at the time in New Jersey, at monster factory, and uh, right away, like watched a couple of drills and was like, I'm not doing this. Mm-hmm. And he was like, what if I just follow you? So I said, yeah, as long as you don't bother like my life, you know, you can film everything. I just can't, you just don't bother me. Like yeah. I'm busy. I don't want to, and I don't like this stuff either. I'm not comfortable being on camera, especially when it's weird talking about my failures, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, cause I'm not anyone famous. So like following me to the supermarket is just weird. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like people looking at me, right. like, I'm a somebody and I'm not, you <laughs> know what I mean? So it's just like awkward. It's like who's this idiot that paid some random guy? Yeah, exactly. So, Trying to be a hot shot. So, so long story short, he just uh, he said no problem. I'll film you. And then while that was happening, the WWE had offered me a, a performance center tryout. In the midst of him filming, they took it away for age, all the all the
0: reasons. So um, so just to, just to slow down, so Performance Center tryout is that you go to the Performance Center for three, four days. Yeah. That's where they put you through all of these drills. So and
1: ridiculous drills. It
0: really is. And then, and then if you do good, they maybe will bring you into NXT. Yeah,
1: or if you do good, they might let you have a wrestling match. The oh, reason that you're there. You know what I mean? So, so, so they offered you the tryout. They offered me the tryout at a SmackDown. I was an extra at a SmackDown. I did the five-minute match at 2 o'clock. Um, in front of nobody. In front of nobody, which luckily I've been doing that in training for the past yeah. 12 years So at the time. so Was it, it was like easy. a Scott
0: Armstrong watching Scott, or something? Scott
1: Armstrong and, and William Regal. Regal, right. And right. Regal pulled me aside and said, hey, well, uh, you know, long story short, we'll offer you in September. You'll come down and yada, yada, yada. Well, at the time, then Danny Cage, who owns the Monster Fair, he brought in Gerald Briscoe to do a different tryout that he does every year where Gerald – and he ends up getting guys signed all the time. I think what happened was Gerald had sent like four names in and he's only supposed to send one like collegiate wrestler and he ended up sending like a bunch and they just took mine out so i was like real livid at the time like
0: what the f- I so, so you it. you got the tryout at the building yeah and then because you had another tryout Where Gerald was, he kind of doubled down?
1: Yeah, I think they just were like, Yeah Enough of this guy. Enough of this guy, right. We didn't do it when he was living in Florida, so why do it now? But they were going
0: to bring you in anyways. And
1: they might, you know, I still have the emails, too. Like, when I asked Regal, like, hey, what's going on? Like, I had the tryout. Now it's taken away. Is it because? And I guess I, like, led him to the answer. Like, is it because of my age? Is it because of? And he just was like, yes, unfortunately. Like, we'll still use you as an extra, blah, blah, blah. And how old were you at the time? 30, you know? yeah. Yeah, it's not like. But, you know, at yeah. the time, because even at, at the Smackdown, he said, like, if we hired you, how many people would order the network for you? Because that was like when they were pushing the network. Right. And I was like, you know, my mom, my dad, <laughs> you know, they might even share their <laughs> password. Like, <laughs> I didn't have an answer. Yeah. And he was like, and I specifically told him, I was like, so if you're telling me that I can't work here because of that, but I'm good enough to work here, like, I can live with that deep mm-hmm. down. I, hey, as long as you can tell me, like, my work is great. Like, I'm happy with that. And, uh, but then I guess he felt bad. So maybe that's why we did the whole, well, we're going to give you the try. I don't know what the reason was. Um, it was, you know, it's funny you brought up The Rock. Like, he always talks about the NFL being the best thing that never happened to him. Right. Same with me. Like, right. it was the best thing that never happened because yeah. it made me, like, go all in on wrestling because I always had a really good job. I always made really good money because I never wanted to be the guy a hustler, that, yeah. yeah, I never wanted to be the guy that, like, lived in my car for mm-hmm. my dream. Whereas maybe if I did, like, that's why I always tell my mom, like, maybe if I did do that when I was younger, it would have worked instead of making crazy money and having nice cars and all this stuff. But, you know, to each their own. It's, right. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. So, so,
0: but then you mentioned that they wouldn't hire you because of your neck.
1: Yeah. So when it was after that, it was like 2016, a year after, cause after they told me the trial was gone, I went and got my neck fixed. So I had my surgery on my neck. I had two of uh, my discs taken out and fused up and stuff. And um, then I went back to do more extra work because I was like, there's nothing else. What am I going to do? And then I spoke to Regal again. And he was like, listen, like, you're just a kind of a liability. And what happened was I got booked as an extra at NXT. And they wanted me to work with the authors of Pain. And I said no. Mm. Because I didn't have anything to lose except my life and my, uh, my career. Because they're super
0: big and super green. Super
1: big. And, I, and it was a two-on-one. It was like me and another extra versus this one guy. And I remember, like, Scotty Tuhati came up. He was the agent. He's like, hey, it's going to be you two guys. And I'm looking around and I asked the guy. He's a nice guy, too, but, like, I could see he had already hurt somebody. Actually, he hurt the guy that we just signed, Anthony Bowens. Oh, he really? hurt him, yeah, because he powerbombed one guy onto Anthony Bowens' head. Oh, my God.
0: So, like, was that Razar or Akam
1: or? The shorter one. One of the two, yeah. So I said to him, I was like, hey, what moves do you think you're going to do to us? And he was like, well, what does it matter? I was like, well, I'm just curious. You know, I was trying to I'd policy, like to know. Yeah. But I'd like to yeah. know what you plan. And he was like, oh, I'll probably do this and then a power bomb, and I'll power bomb the other guy and you and then I'll oh, DVD man. you guys. So <laughs> the short of it was like, I literally just looked at him. I was like, oh, OK. And I looked at this guy. I was like, nope, not doing it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, so I had this neck surgery. And it turned into like, hey, don't take the booking then, which I was like, you don't even have to pay me. I'll drive back to Atlanta now. I'm OK with it don't ever book me again like yeah. it is what it is we tried and i'll get in the ring with anyone else like put me with bobby rude put me with these guys that aren't gonna hurt me but th- the kid who took my place got hurt really he put him in a side headlock and he just picked him up and threw him into the aisleway. oh like, my gosh yeah, you know yeah, yeah. he didn't mean to do it but he's just so strong and i told i remember telling albert um matt bloom matt bloom because he said you know we specifically chose you for this spot because you can sell and i was like well i really appreciate it but here's what's gonna happen I'm gonna take these moves, and I'm either gonna get up and be okay, and I'm gonna make two hundred dollars, or I'm never gonna walk again, and I'm gonna make two hundred dollars. <laughs> so, like yeah. to me, it's just not worth it, you right. know. And it was a real come to Jesus moment with myself. Like I'm burying myself right now, and I'll never get you another. You stood
0: up for what you believe in, because the third the third option is you get up, you make two hundred dollars, and nothing else ever happens. Right. Or if it does, you'll be the job guy of the week the next week. Yep. Right. What's the and point? that's kind of where I, yeah. I knew I was
1: always gonna be, which. You know, it's just, that was never my dream. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, even though, like, that was what I had always wanted. Like, put me with the football player. Like, I'm good at making other people look good. So I don't
0: mind doing that. But I also want to get a little bit of the, yeah,
1: of you course. know, the yeah, showbiz yeah, part. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, But let me ask you this, because there's something in the documentary um that you mentioned, but never really gets explained, and it's about. I it could be. I was about a year when I saw it. I may be paraphrasing, but something about Ring of Honor, and you were uh, you were working with Vlad, but someone says, "Yeah, you blew your chance in Ring of Honor too." Yeah.
1: So when I first started with Ring of Honor, they offered me a contract. I did a tryout. It was like a paid tryout, but then it was a two-day tryout. By the end of day one, it was Jim Cornette at the time, Delirious, and Kevin Kelly, and they were like, "Hey." As long as you show up tomorrow, you got a job. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's great. Like, cool, you know. And then What year was this? 2011. Gotcha. So then I get up there, and I had never been in, like, a big company before. So I didn't know the politics of this, that, and the other. And, like, right away, I didn't make any friends, mm-hmm. you know. And I was like, you know, I, I always goof around. And, and I ended up making a joke to someone about, like, this kid hurt me, like, bad. And I physically. hurt physically right. in a match, and I made him look really good. He was Jimmy Jacobs' his guy, so like I knew he had all these friends. So I made him look really good because he did Brazilian capoeira like wrestling. kicked me in the head though, maybe five was- times, and I gave him an Alabama slam, and I kind of hurt him. But I checked on him. I called him the next day. Well, the next taping, someone came up to me and was like, "Hey, you shouldn't do that Alabama slam. You looks like you're hurting people." and I was like, "Hey, where the where was everyone asking me like when he kicked me in the head seven times?" Right. Mind you, I had already followed up with the guy, and him and I are real close because it was our first tryout match together, this, that, and the other. But that spread real quick. Plus, I was already cutting promos on the world champion at the time, like behind the scenes that we never aired them, but they just wanted to see because they really liked me because I was young, I was bigger, whatever the reasons Cornette says. Little
0: attitude in a good way. Right. And
1: um, so, so that was how it started. Then, like, third match in, I got hurt on my neck. Then I broke my nose. Hangman and I had a match where I was supposed to squash him in four minutes. He broke my nose in 30 seconds. So I'm just bleeding <laughs> You were supposed to squash Hangman. Yeah. Wow. It was 19 and yep. I was like, hey, man, I'll let you get some stuff in, whatever you want to do. Of course, first thing, he breaks my nose. Yeah. And um, I started to get fat because I was injured and I had a lot of life stuff going on. And then I finally just asked for my release. I hated it that much where I was just like, I don't want to be here. I'm making $150 a match. Like When they gave me the contract, I... I didn't laugh, but I said, like, is this real? Mm-hmm. And they were like, what do you mean? Uh, they're like, this is this is what the contract is. Like, $150 a match? We work three times a month. That's $450. It doesn't pay for my car. Right. And they're like, what kind of car do you drive? I said, it doesn't matter what kind of car I <laughs> drive. It's a Cadillac, by the way, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. Like, this isn't a real job. Like, I need to, yeah, you know, yeah. have my normal life. And The realities of wrestling hits you The realities you then. of wrestling. So when that happened, I asked for my release. They wouldn't give it to me because really? I guess Shelton Benjamin had just asked for his release, too. Yes. And... What happened was um, I was in Florida and NXT called. They needed someone. They were just starting to use extras. And I was like, hey, I'm under contract until like when the episode airs, I won't be under contract anymore. But I am right now. And the, the girl at the office was like, hey, if you don't care, we don't care. And honestly, at the time, I was like, I don't care. She's like, and I'll book you for the next six that you've asked for. Because I had, to, hey, my contract's about to be up. I see you're in all these dates for extra work. You know, she's like, if you do this for us. So, of course, right away, um, I do the match, and it's a taped NXT show. Before I'm even out of the ring, my phone's blown up Jeff Jones, who was working at Ring of Honor. (laughs) Stooge Jeff Jones and I, you know, we're Stooges now together. But (laughs) right away, he's like, are you doing something you're not supposed to be doing? I was like, what are they going to do, take my $150? Like, fire Mm -hmm. me. I asked for my release. And uh, so that's kind of where... Then when the WWE thing didn't work out, it was like, oh, that was dumb. You, you ended up holding the bag, yeah. Yeah, it was a little stupid, but I was young and and delirious at the time. He understood. He was like, hey man, legally I have to be mad at you because you breached your contract. Mm-hmm. But your contract is up in two weeks. Like it is what it is. We'll uh, don't worry about it. We're just not going to re-sign you as a punishment. And I just continued to work for them on and off after that.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's talk about what you did with the documentary after it was done. But before you tell us that story. I know this has been a super stressful year for all of us. The stress of daily life, especially during this pandemic, weighs on everybody. And you know what happens when you're stressed. Muscle tension and muscle pain happens whether you're an athlete or just a regular person trying to get through the day. How about working in 48-degree weather like we did uh, the other night in AEW? We probably will tomorrow night as well. That's why we all need Theragun. Uh, Theragun is a handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power. And now it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. That's all because the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor that's so quiet, you'll wonder if it's even turned on. Let Theragun's deep muscle tissue treatment release your tension, And for all you athletes, Theragun can accelerate your recovery after a hard workout or game and enhance your performance. It just did it for me. It's great to use just before bed as well. Use it for a couple minutes on each muscle group to help you relax before you go to sleep. And right now, you can try Theragun for 30 days. And there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need. And it starts at only $199. So go to Theragun.com slash Jericho now. Get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's Theragun.com slash Jericho. Theragun.com slash Jericho. I use this. It works. It will untighten your muscles, make you feel more relaxed. Go check it out. Theragun.com slash Jericho. So when The Wrestler was completed, the documentary, what did you do with it? So I didn't, honestly, I didn't do anything.
1: I let the kid do everything because it was his dream to be this famous director. Not my dream. I was just, I didn't ask him for anything. I get no money out of it. That's why I don't really plug it either unless he asked me to. it's a
0: well done piece of film It is. For
1: somebody, like he had all these ideas. He had a vision. I remember when they took the tryout away. He was like, dude, this is the best thing ever. And I was like, bro. For him. (laughs) I'm literally like crying over here, you know? And he was like, this is the best because now there's a, He's like, your life looked so perfect before that, you know? And I was like, oh, okay, well, yeah, I work hard outside of wrestling, yeah. you know? Was it and like a Home
0: Depot or something you were doing? Or so th- a snap-on tool. Snap-on yeah. tool. My
1: stepfather owned three routes, like mm. tool routes, and I was running the whole business with him. So yeah. that was always the fallback, and I just I never liked it. Um, mm. But I'm a good salesman. I don't know anything about tools but i'm personable yeah. and of course they love the idea of like mike the wrestler coming to sell tools you know <laughs> when's your next indie show like we gotta go yeah, you know yeah, yeah. there was even a point where i was beating up a baby face once and they were all my customers were there <laughs> and i looked over and i said uh cornwell tools is better and i stomped the guy like just because like they popped you know yeah, yeah. it was just boo, fun boo, for them right, right. right so um but yeah so yeah was, uh, but he ended up like submitting it to every film festival and then sure enough, he's like, hey, we got accepted to San Diego Comic-Con. You want to come out here? And I was like, dude, I don't have money to fly out there. He's like, we'll, we'll gather it up somehow. And they flew me out there. I stayed at a Airbnb. I, I convinced a buddy of mine to pay for the Airbnb if I gave him my guest pass, pass instead yeah. of bringing my wife.
0: Because he's a big <laughs>
1: Game of Thrones guy, all yeah. this stuff. And we went. And, and I, they, they made me watch the thing again in front of like 26 people. And then somehow we won. And I was just like, what the hell is going on here? And then I asked the judges. I was like, why did we win? Like, what was the main yeah. reason? And the girl who's like a stunt girl, Tamiko or something. Anyway, she told me, she said, it's not a wrestling story. It's a story about like someone following their dreams. Like it hits home to everybody. Anyone that's ever wanted to do anything in their lives, it really hits home. And there's like that one scene with my mom and my wife where they're like berating me about quitting. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like... And at the time, I was like, why would I quit? Like, it doesn't make any sense. I could still wrestle on the weekends, still have my normal job. Why would I just give up because someone tells me no? Mm. It doesn't make sense. Like, my wife told me no the first time I asked her out, too. You know what (laughs) I mean? My mom told me no when I said I wanted to be. So, you know, so it was that scene, though, that really hooked everybody in. And Cody laughs because my wife's one of the nicest people ever. Mm -hmm. But at the time, she wasn't because she was so frustrated. And once my mom started like berating me. It was like, "Oh, I can jump in." Oh, and yeah. then she like, are yeah." Voted. And then she even said like, "And then what? One day we're just going to wake up and move to Atlanta." And then that's what we ended up doing a year <laughs> later, you know. The best move we ever made. Right,
0: right, right. So so when you when we talked about kind of in AW and and all the stuff that you do, some of that's interesting to me, and you can talk as much or as little about it you want is is, is putting together the actual shows. Yeah. Cause somebody asked me the other day who, who does that. And I was like, what's QT as far as putting, I, I don't know, putting the things in order. Like, wow. yeah.
1: So, so originally, like I saw Cody kind of helping with the format of a pay-per-view mm-hmm. and I was like, wow, Oh, that'd be cool.
0: Like I would like to do that. You know, I'm not and the th- format is kind of the order of the matches, the order and, of the the segments matches. and commercials and whatever. It right.
1: Be. And then when TV started, I asked if I could do it. And I mean, now it's to the point where, like, so they send me, you know, Tony and, and the guys, they send me the list of the matches and the order of the matches. And then I kind of just create, right? Like, and a lot of times I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's a lot of times where someone will be like, hey, that shouldn't go there. and that. But I think it's also the, the stress of not having someone else do it that I can do it. And then they can always just fix my mistakes. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just kind of going off of but if some, I were watching this show, but
0: somebody has to do that. Somebody has to put together the skeleton sure. of what they're doing and they change it. any we want, but here's, here's the initial scratch track that you can work off of yeah. at least if nothing yeah. else. Yeah. And
1: some of it's hard because I don't know all the creative stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of just guessing at times too, and I don't want to know a lot right, of right, stuff you either. Know the finishes and the finishes, the angles. Like so, a lot of times it just says post match. Yeah, you know, and it's like, well, what's the po- and then I have all these guys coming up to me. Hey, what's the post match? What are we doing? I'm like, I have no idea.
0: But that's the way it should be. Like even WWE, in the formats would always say that because you don't need to leave it around and somebody picks it up or whatever right. and reads this big surprises. Right,
1: exactly. But uh, but yeah, it's it's something that I enjoy doing, and I like learning about it because again, how long am I really? I, If it were up to me, I'd wrestle till I'm 70. Mm -hmm. But, you know, is the shelf life there? Is my star power? I don't even have star power. So, like, how can I imagine? So, unless I'm just going to continue to do jobs, you know what I mean? I always wanted to do it. And, like I said, it's fun for me to think, like, okay, before we go to commercial, like, if I were watching this show and I knew, if I didn't know Chris Jericho was coming up next, I might change the channel. Mm. But if I, oh, we'll be right back with Chris Jericho, like, and you have a graphic that says up next... I would stay tuned like or I'd make sure that I come back before the three minutes are up like the average. So that's fun for me. And um, yeah, like I said, I never really go out of the way to tell people that stuff, too, because uh, I mean, we just did. But uh, I also don't want like I like not being somebody that anyone would ever feel threatened by, if that makes sense. You know, it's like, oh, he's just that guy that just mm. kind of helps out. And it's like, well, really, that guy does a lot of crap. You know what right, I mean? Right, but right, right. I'd rather not be known as that because no, but, no but one it's, bothers it's, me. It's not
0: being known as that, but it's also, like I said, like I had no idea, you know, like when we're doing, so, so you're saying that you get the matches in the order that yeah. they want them yep. and then flesh it out. Yeah, we, but a lot of times, because when we do conference calls and stuff, a lot of times you don't have the format. Until minutes before, like last time, I think <laughs> yeah. five minutes before you got it. Sent so out. yeah,
1: like there's always changes because Tony's so busy. There's always right. changes. He's always
0: got stuff going and on. And then it,
1: I still don't have a group in my phone that says like production meeting group where it's all 55 names or whatever it is. Yeah. So I have to individually put them in. Oh, so wow. sometimes I'll set it up and get ready to do it. And then all of a sudden he'll be like, oh, let's change this. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I can't. Like I have three minutes. And then I'm sweating. My heart's racing. and like Everyone's I just, waiting on you. Yeah. And then everyone's like, QT, where's it? The? And then I'm getting text messages. And they're coming up while I'm trying to change the thing. And I'm just like. Like me? Yeah. And then like when y- even yesterday with the phone number. So I had copied the phone number to send it to, to Dustin. Mm. But I didn't copy it. I cut it. So oh. when I emailed it. Tony texts me, he's like, hey, dude, you forgot the phone number, LOL. And I'm just like, oh my, there's always something, you know? <laughs> it's, But
0: I always think maybe it's me, like maybe I did something wrong. No, maybe no. I screwed up or
1: whatever, you no, know? No, no, it's always me. It's always me. <laughs> I, th- I told Cody from the beginning, like, I'm not going to be good at the job, but I'm going to work harder than everybody. Yeah. So just know that you're always going to get mistakes. You're always going to get complaints. Like, I forgot to title someone's email because I treated it as a text message once. Well, he was the the singer's agent of the national anthem at Double or Nothing. Like, mm. the guy that sang in Hamilton. And, like, apparently his agent got real fired up about it. And I was just like, I'm sorry. What do you want me to yeah, say? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, He literally wrote something. I just wrote back, okay, dude, no worries. Like, we'll get it figured out. And But I didn't put, like, Mr. blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, man, yeah, all yeah, right, yeah. well, I messed up. What do you want me to say, you know? Yeah, and exactly. then there's uh, From the Desk Of. That was another one that I guess – Got it, Cody a lot of heat, but I was trying to be nice, you know? <laughs> oh, was, you
0: sent the email from the desk? Yeah, yeah I was, was like,
1: it was just trying to let people know it's from Cody. It's not from me. Like, yeah. hey, don't, you know, I don't, so, I don't speak like this. So what does
0: Cody say? Like, dude, come here.
1: <laughs> no, so he didn't even, no, it was one day after, like, he had went somewhere and we were outside, like, at the, you know, eating dinner and I said something about from the desk of and Tony and the Bucks were like, so he never asked you to do that? I was like, no, that was just like what I Googled how to send a professional email <laughs> And they're like, oh my God, you have no idea how many people like talk about him behind his back about that. Like, and I'm just like, here I am that getting this guy buried all because like Google told me to do this. Right, right, right. But
0: you're also the guy too. Like I remember early on, for some reason, there was always a screw up with my hotel room. for Oh my God. I don't even remember. I thought about
1: that this morning, actually. Yeah. I don't remember what
0: the screw up was.
1: It was, there was someone else that was in charge and it just, it was never, but because I was the go-to guy, I remember it was like Washington DC, first dynamite. And I'm with my wife and I get a message from you. Cause I was like formatting the show and it was like, Hey dude, I, my hotel, like whatever the, the floor of the beds or whatever it was. And I was like, Oh, double beds. That's what it was. So yeah. I had, yeah. So I had messaged the guy that was in charge at the time and no yeah. answer, no answer. And I'm just like, screw it. And I just went down to the bottom, you know, to the lobby. I was like, Hey, I need a king size, you know? And they're like, yeah, no problem. And so, but then it was like a couple weeks in a row. Yes. And I'm like, finally I was like, can we I got like six people On an email I was like How hard is this
0: <laughs> No like <laughs> no, The funny thing is too It sounds like oh, Jericho being a, a prima donna but The first time My wife was actually with me Right So that's like two double beds And like I've been Traveling for 30 years I like a king bed of it's, course, it's easy of to course. do yeah, And that's why when I, it, it became just a thing It's like a yeah. couple of weeks When, when like I is going to sound Another pretentious thing But we always have food After the show And a lot of times Everyone <laughs> eats it Before I get there So yeah. I have nothing And so can we just leave One yeah. thing for me and so you guys would write my name on it, yeah. and when it's not there, I'm texting you and Harrington at yep. 2 o'clock in the morning. Where's yeah. my food? Yeah,
1: now I was home sick because I had missed the stretch, and yeah. it was like, Britt Baker messaged me, and she was like, hey, so Jericho didn't get food this time. And I'm like, okay, one, I can't do anything. <laughs> like, what do you want me to do? I'll order food to his room. I don't know. And two, mm-hmm. like, police the locker room, guys. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Like, yeah. tell the, So for a while, we had contracted talent only, mm-hmm. you know? And then it was a little rough, like... But at the same time, like that is what it is, guys. Like if you go to any um, movie or TV show, like you don't eat with the cast if you're an well, extra. Yeah,
0: and the funny thing is, even just eating at all, because as you know, there's no other company in the world that has food for no. you after the show unless you're in Europe with WB. But in New the York United strip States, steaks, <laughs> strip steaks, salmon, <laughs> right. cheeseburgers, right. pizza. It's a great stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so to me, and, and once again, it's I, I don't think it's too much to ask for if you're an extra that you wait your turn. Like if we go open for Iron Maiden. And there's catering. We eat after Iron Maiden. Sure. That's just how it goes. Sure. Iron Maiden and their crew eat first. Yeah. Then Fozzie and our crew eat second. That's it. Of course. If I stuck in line and took freaking Bruce Dickinson's, you know, yeah. the, Imagine. The, the, the potatoes and mash or whatever, I'd be yeah. in big trouble, you know? Of
1: course. Of course. I, the other day I said something loud to someone else and I felt bad because one of the guys, one of the extras, who's like really nice, you could see him like eat real quick, pack his food and walk out. 'Cause I had said it loud because Wardlow didn't get like one of his meals. Yeah, yeah. And he had to eat something that not that he cared, he was just happy to have food because he's a nice guy. But like I was like, Yeah, because so, for some reason there's a hundred extras in here eating, and I was like very uh passive aggressive about yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this poor guy like just got up and walked out like slowly, and I had to call him back in, like, hey, I wasn't talking about you, man. Right. But I was a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so you also booked the extras for AEW we'll talk about that and how, how that came to be. But first, our friends at Steven Singer, the most hated jeweler in America, introduced us all to someone very special. She's beautiful, classy. She's brilliant. She's going to razzle-dazzle you. People can't stop staring at her. She is easy. What? Well, Hold on. It's Krista. Krista is Steven Singer's most loved engagement ring and takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring, a bright white, 100% eye flawless, near colorless, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond, expertly set into a classic solitaire Tiffany setting it's going to withstand the test of time. Krista is available, and she's ready for love. She's ready to meet you. Steven Singer is not in the jewelry business. He is in the love business. And this magnificent full one-carat round brilliant-cut diamond is only $3,198. Real jewelry doesn't have to be expensive. Plus, free shipping and 12 months interest-free financing. Steven's showroom is open by appointment-only or go now to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on the Krista Ready for Love engagement ring. Steven Singer Jewelers, real jewelry, real experts for your love that's real. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. IHateStevenSinger.com. So are you kind of in charge of booking extras as well? So
1: unless there's somebody that we've specifically asked to bring in, yes. Mm. And part of it was um, during the pandemic, when it first started because we filmed at the school so I had all these people now it's it's too much like it is like my inbox especially after this bunkhouse match everything is dude congrats on that match oh it's so great are there any spots available yeah, for dark yeah. and because i mean as a aspiring wrestler like you see what the guys get on dark it's not just go out there and take two moves and you're done like you're getting
0: competitive matches. Dark is as is, is, is much of a wrestling show as any yeah. other show on TV. Yeah. yeah. It's like
1: WCW worldwide. Right. You know? Like There's good matches. So I get it hundred percent, but I always now there's gonna be a lot of people listening to this, you don't have to butter me up. Like I'm a wrestler yeah. first. Just tell me like, hey, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Sure. If you as long as you bring your, you know, your valid COVID test and you follow the protocols, and when you're here, you're not a jerk. You're just a normal guy that and then you do your job, like cool. The other thing is I tell them cheer when you're in the audience yeah. we care about that more than any work yeah. that you're ever going to do because we don't want silence so like i know today we're going to have a big meeting with a bunch of them about it yeah. so uh
0: but i mean I mean, look at look for for over the summer when 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 you know pineapple pete was here sure. he got that gig specifically because he was always going nuts in the yeah. crowd yeah that's why he got it yeah 100 you know? yeah and he was someone that
1: because in atlanta he used to come by and help out at the school, and we just needed people. Tony was like, I just need as many as we can. We don't know what we're filming yet. We don't know what's going to happen. So
0: let's talk about that. That's that's a great story. I'm glad you brought that up. So I was in, I'll tell you from my side, we had done that uh, uh, Release the Hounds promo with, yeah. with, the, with the Vanguard yeah, one and all great. that stuff. And so that was the week that I was just, we'll do this vignette, and that'll be cool. And then the next week, just by pure happenstance, I was going to do commentary for the week. So we're finished that, and right during that show, they said that Florida was closing down. Mm. And I said to Tony, "What are you going to do?" And he said, we, "I'm. We're filming, you know, six hours of TV in Atlanta tomorrow." And I said, "Well, I've got to go." He's like, "You'll you fly in. It's like your f- rights all flying." Right. A from a company man standpoint. B I ain't missing six weeks of TV. Of course, I can't afford to do that because six weeks is a hundred years in resting times. Yeah. So that's kind of what I heard of mine. So talk about what, what went on yours because so, we did the shows at your school. Yeah. Yeah. So.
1: When they first brought it up, I was like, oh, man.
0: When did they bring it up?
1: Uh, About like two or three weeks before that. They're like, hey, if we ever shut down, like, could we film at the school? And I was like, yeah, because, I mean, the school is a giant training facility, but they're not doing anything right now. And I'm sure there's a way that you guys could work out a deal with them and this, that, and the other. And uh, it's funny you say about missing TV because the night of the live show, I debuted with Dustin. Natural Nightmares debut the next day we filmed six weeks and I didn't leave the table (laughs) and Tony wrote like all these matches and I'm like looking and I'm not on any of them. And I'm thinking like, okay, like I'm here, like not even a dark and nothing. And Cody caught me in the production office eating candy. And he was like, what are you doing, dude? You just debuted. I'm like, I'm not on for six weeks. So I got six (laughs) weeks to, you know, like get back in shape, you know? And he was, uh, but, but yeah, once they came and Keith and, um, you know, that their our production team came by and they're like, we could do this. We could do this. So, it was just so cool the way they transformed it into mm. like a little arena that now I've spent probably about almost 30 grand out of my own money to make what it looked like that night. I've just been going off the picture and mm. recreating it for my students so they can wow, have a place right, where right. I can not do it, but at least they could run their own shows and uh, you know my business partners and stuff. And then the um, the campers that are not able to wrestle yet, those will be our fans. And I'm literally just buying everything that we have here. Like I just bought the diamond plated flooring and black carpet. And Cody's like, why are you spinning? I bought all the spinning headlights. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I want, I want to be able to let them do their own thing. But also like, it's always been my dream to like have granted, Cody's like, you have that now with AEW. What are you doing? You know? And I'm like, well, it's not just for me, it's for them, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh so but that was really cool. And I was glad that we were able to, you know, kind of come through in the clutch. Right. Like, it's was just like, dude, like what, we, what would we have done? Right. And the idea that it was like this school that literally was, I sold my house in Florida. I bought a ring, you know, cause by the time I paid taxes, paid my grandparents back, I had like no money off selling the house, you know, and uh, to just buy a nice ring and a banner in a warehouse to meeting the owner of the facility and through Glacier, who's my business partner and doing all this stuff. And, uh, you know, then seeing that, you know, it's just like, oh, this is
0: so cool. So but what you're saying, though, is they had been preparing for that. Yeah, they kind for, of for as an weeks. option. It was like
1: us, um, ECW Arena. There was a couple different places. And in my head, I'm thinking like and I never pushed for my place because, you know, I didn't want, of course, is wrestling. So even like Harrington one day was like, so what do you get out of it? I was like, nothing. And <laughs> yeah. I didn't either. Yeah. Like they paid a lot of money for the school. I probably like five, ten grand per day or whatever it was. And I remember thinking, like, the owner better, like, turn around and not make me pay rent or something. Yeah. But we never even discussed it. And I just continued to pay. And I've never said anything. But, like, just because, like, he did tell me that uh, he wants me to have my own locker in his office, you know, like a memorabilia locker. And he does want to create something on the wall that shows, like, the night Dynamite was filmed with, like, mm-hmm. pictures and stuff, which I thought was pretty cool. He wants, like, a pair of boots.
0: So, so you never actually wrestled on any of those shows? That's hilarious. Just the live one. Because Tony and I, like I mentioned, we, that's how I started becoming a commentator yeah. was because I was supposed to anyways and no one else is available. Yeah. So we called, I think, 26 matches yeah. in The only thing I did one that whole
1: time was I came out in Dustin versus Lance Archer and I was going to throw the towel. Oh, gotcha. Him. That was it, though. And that was like pulling teeth. And like, I remember talking to Cody about it. And I was like, then I won't do anything. I got real <laughs> mad. Here I am like this. Now I became this egotistical like...
0: What is, what, well? I won't do anything. It's funny man. though because we only literally had I think Tony had like said like twenty nine percent of the roster or something yeah, like So Some I yeah. must have made you that's feel real thing, good. Too. I was like,
1: he's like, oh, we'll just use this guy, and I'm like, <laughs> what about this me? Guy? What about me? And he's like, but in his defense, he's like, I need you at the table next to me. Like I need you to to run the show. You, I coach gotcha. every match, so it was like, well,
0: okay. So hold on a second. So that's probably the, one of the reasons why is because you're coaching him because we didn't have any coaches 100%. either. Yeah,
1: hundred percent. It wasn't a slight on my wrestling, yeah. but. It was just the idea that like, and then yeah. Dustin was going into this singles angle and I'm just like,
0: why did they do us <laughs> that? <you laughs> Sit here, run you the know? show. And before we get back to QT Marshall, uh, I want to remind you about my Painmaker apparel wear, uh, the line of clothing that was influenced by my time and tours of Japan. Go to painmaker.store. If you've been following me on my Instagram, Chris Jericho Fozzi, you'll see all the AEW superstars who are wearing this, Christopher Daniels and Sheeta and Anna Jay and Sammy Guevara. I'm going to keep posting every single day because I've got, geez, about 20 or 30 of the rosters getting into this. Painmaker.store. Go look and choose the design you want. It's perfect for Christmas. And also, Jericho30.com to pre order the complete list of Jericho. That's the book, my fifth book that uh, we're currently getting ready to, to publish as soon as publishing starts again. Uh, you can pre order it now. If you do, you'll get a 90 minute uh, audio breakdown of some of the matches that you guys chose every single match i've ever had in my career is included rare pictures top 10 lists comments from some of the biggest superstars in pro wrestling about uh, my career Uh, go to jericho30.com and pre-order that now and don't forget littlebitofthebubbly.com to get the new version the update the the v2 version of a little bit of the bubbly ready for your christmas uh, enjoyment that's littlebitofthebubbly.com go check it out now one of the things that that was interesting to me, and probably one of the reasons why I got signed, was talking about Doctor Luther with Lenny sure. to, to bring it. Oh, Tony's the, the voice of God has uh, just come on here. So, so we're talking about how, how one of the reasons why uh, Len was hired was to kind of work with you guys down at yep. the school. And I don't know if this is still one of the ideas. But something that, that Lenny mentioned you want to do eventually. you Do run some some shows? Sure. Kind of a territory out of there. Yeah.
1: So we have everything. I mean, we have a ring truck. I have four rings. I have a show ring. I have like a sixteen and eighteen, a twenty footer, entranceways, uh, music. I actually bought one of the promotions I used to work for because the guy wanted out, and like I didn't like not tell him, but I told a buddy of mine. I was like, "Hey, you should buy this. I'll give you the money. Like you buy it, but Mm. I'll I'll just do everything. You know, I'll pay for everything. I'll buy the ring, all this stuff. But then obviously with the pandemic. But I in my in my mind right now, we're gonna do eventually the same building every. Like, first weekend of the month, on Saturday, we'll do this week, this area. And we'll just keep going back every month. Mm. And the idea is, like, if someone already runs that building, which they will have people that already run that building, because Georgia's not, like, a crazy indie place, is, like, no problem. We'll showcase your champion or something. like And if you don't want to do it, okay, then we'll just do a meet-and-greet with Cody, like, mm-hmm. on our show, and then good luck running next month. Like, it's very terrible right. to say that. But, but no. like... I want our guys to be able to wrestle all the time because I hate when they come here and they don't get a job. It is what it is. And I'm never going to push for them. So like, that's just something I won't do, but I want them to come here and do extra work and have a match where Tony's like, dude, that's great. Like, like Lee Johnson, man, we got to sign that guy. Mm. Great. That made me feel great. But when they come here, they do a match and then nothing happens. It's like, well, that's because you need experience. Like, unfortunately you've had four matches, dude. Like, you, and your fifth match shouldn't be AEW. Like, your fifth match should be in, you know, Canton, Georgia, in front of 19 mm. people. Like, it is what it that's is. That's how it works, know? yeah. That's how and it works. And there's
0: people here under contract that would benefit from working in 100%. Canton, Georgia, and that's, which might raise it from 19 people to 119 yes, yes. people. Yes, and whatever. that was the other thing
1: is like, well, if we could figure out a system where you know, maybe the guy flies from TV, they train Thursday at the school, then Friday they go to the DDP s- studio and film a vignette or something, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Then Saturday they do the show or they do a meet and greet at the show or whatever it is. Like, we can all benefit, right? And, you know, and I obviously legally, like, I don't think I'm supposed to have a wrestling company. You know, I'm pretty sure that goes against the rule. So, but that's why, like, Glacier running the school and all that other stuff. Well, if, if,
0: if it almost becomes a feeder system, which is kind of what I understand it to be. Yeah then it's good it's like your own our own version of the performance center
1: that's the thing if 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 it's not something selfishly where i'm trying to just make money cuz i'm not at the end of the day if anything i'm trying to spend money now like to you know mm-hmm. so it's kind of like but that's what i want i want them to be able to wrestle all the time you know because that's the only way you're going to get good it's the right. only way you know like i don't know it's just one of those things but we can't so anyway with Lenny i told him about it he was doing something like that in, in portland, portland anyway yeah. Yeah. And i was like well if you like that over there like you'll love it here like this is like the thing is right now he's he's just he's still new so he doesn't want to step on and i keep telling him dude just get in there whatever you want to do like that's his personality too yeah you're gonna bring a different set style of coaching so i'll never say like and not only that like wrestling is subjective so you know and i even tell all my guys and girls like it's flavors of ice cream man and if lenny's the boss at the time do what he likes mm-hmm. if he's not you know what i mean and he's telling you something like he's telling you for a reason he's not just telling you to you know pop himself like he's doing it because he knows this is what works and and i would never also the other thing is i've had a m- multitude of people try to ask me to come coach at the school i'm not going to let some random person mm-hmm. come in you know what mm-hmm. i mean so like the idea that because i didn't really know much i never watched anything but WWF. Yeah, growing of course up. Right. so like but after talking to you and then talking to Lenny is like okay. At the end of the day, as long as he's a nice guy, and he knows what he's talking about, that's all. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so we spoke about it. And he's just getting settled now. But I think once the world does open back up, you know,
0: it'll it'll be really good. Mm-hmm. I think so.
1: I mean, it has to be. You know?
0: who, uh, who are some of the, the students that you have that, that signed here? You mentioned Lee Johnson. So Lee Johnson, all
1: of my students turned into the dark order. <laughs> <No>. um, <laughs> Preston Vance, 10. Allen Angels, 5. Anna J. Um, those are the, the three. Right. And then Lee Johnson was the other one that during the pandemic all got jobs out It's of
0: amazing to me how good Anna is for such a short period Unreal. of time.
1: And that was a uh, – she's actually – so Glacier's best friend, that's his niece – Oh. And he was like, I got this girl. I don't know how serious she's going to take it because she's beautiful. And I was like, okay, let me see. And then she came to the school and I was like, oh, man. Yeah, like I've be- dealt with girls like this at, at the Monster Factory. Like, she's not going to last. Right, right, And then, like, right away she got hurt. She needed shoulder surgery. Like, mm-hmm. And she stuck through it. And then during that show at the school, she had done a match with Penelope that kind of was like, eh, it was okay. And uh, it was only, like, her sixth match. Yeah. So, like. And then Cody, we were at his house. He's like, What if we do, you know, maybe Anna Jay versus Sheeta? Because we didn't have any talent. Yep. And I was like, Oh, dude, like, I'm not going to lie. I don't know about putting her on live TV, man. Like, this is her set. And she did great. And mm-hmm. it was, and she had a, such a great response from the audience. And it was just like, they came right up to me, like, Hey, we want to sign her. And I was like, Okay, well. Uh, if she doesn't do well, she's not my trainee. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Of course, I don't want to ever take away a job from anybody, but at the same time, like, just know what you're buying too. Is like,
0: she's had natural, seven though. matches. Yeah, that's what I'm, my point. You
1: is. know, yeah. And she just she's well be because she was a performer before doing the recitals and whatever it was that she mm-hmm. was doing. You know, she's, she's got it. I don't know whatever. I used to say it was just an excuse for hiring bodybuilders that didn't know how to wrestle. That was always like the indie wrestler. Like, you don't even know what it is, okay? Because Shawn Michaels didn't have it in the 80s, you know? Anna Jay has it, yeah, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> just as we start to wind down, who's, who's in the school? How many students do you have in the school now? So, the camp we do with Cody
1: and I, there's 22, Wow. And that's a 12 week camp. Uh, but then once we get done with that class, I have a night class, which is like before we started this camp system where we call them like the lifers. And they're the more experienced. They're the ones that I would use for the shows that we use for AEW if they if need extras and stuff. And so there's probably about like 40 maybe total. I mean, it's absurd. Yeah, yeah. Like when Cody first got there, there was like six. And now there's 40 people. And he says it's like a birthday party. Like everyone's just having fun. But. <laughs> They work hard, and, and I also like I let them know what is expected. And then when they ask me, so now they never ask me if they can get booked because they already know what I'm – did you get your new gear? Does it look TV-ready? Does this, that – because I never want to say no, so I just set the expectations so high. As it should be. As it should be. This like, is hey. national
0: f-ing TV. Right. And dark is national TV too with 500,000 people watching. And this took me 16 it. years yeah. to get here. Like, yeah. I'm
1: sorry. I'm not just going to hand you something. Yeah. Like, and I know that's terrible to hear, but – It's not, yeah the End of the day, you can give me all the money in the world, I'm not going to risk my job, mm. like it is what it is, or your is. Reputation, like you reputation, like you right? said.
0: The most important thing is having the respect of, of of your peers, yeah. So, if there's a guy like, um, like for example, Anthony Gogo, who, yeah, who is, is, oh, yeah, come. he's one of mine. Oops, no, no, that's okay. But there's a couple because <laughs> yeah. I, I know that Sadie was gonna move yeah. here, um, yeah. and they would come. And The idea would be people that need more experience would come to your school, yeah, and then train with you when they're not here at TV, yep, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: so. Anthony, uh, it was Anthony Sadie, now Jade. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. So there's, there's, there's a couple, and, uh, you know, I just really focus on them. Like, now we do, like, a AEW class, too, where it's only, like, the people that are in Because if they get hurt, I'd rather them hurt each other. Mm-hmm. I can't explain to Tony, like, oh, you know, John X yeah. broke Jade's leg. Right. Like, who's John X, and what is he doing, you yeah. know? And then he found out he had one match, you know? So, but I get in the ring, and I wrestle them all the time. Like, Anthony Agogo and I had a... 15 minute match on the fly mm. a couple of weeks ago. And it was just like, this That's is great. how you learn, man. Yeah, it's yeah. the only way and mess up. And plus I know I can control how many times you're going to drop me and, you know, yeah. this, that, and the other, but it's fun. Like I would, I go to the school, like my wife hates it cause I'm there all the time. I just enjoy it. It's fun for me. And also I'm at the age now, which is I'm only 35, but I'm 35 where like if I don't wrestle for a while and then I bump, I feel it. Whereas like, if I'm just doing it all the time, I'm okay. Right. So it's just, uh, helps you
0: stay in shape
1: sort of, yeah. As right, you know, right. this right. shape at least, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. but I just hired a bodybuilding coach and I'm, I'm, I always say this, but now, and my wife's a nutritionist. So the idea that I went out and hired someone else wasn't a fun topic at home, but at the end of the day, like I'm not held accountable to her because she's my wife. She's mm-hmm. not going to get mad at me. And you know, she's just going to still love me because that's what we do. And mm-hmm. like. But now this guy hopefully is gonna be like, dude, what the hell? Why'd you eat that? You should you need to eat right, this? And, right, so right, 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 I really wanna take it seriously because like I am realizing like my confidence has gotten a lot better. Let's put it that way. And I've been having these matches, even if they're on dark, like where people are like, Oh man, QT's actually someone wrote it the other day, like, man, QT, like everything he does is pretty good. And I wanted to say like, oh, you spelled being a professional wrestler wrong. <laughs> right, right, I mean? right, like, right. I'm but, just
0: professional. But you have that. Like, like, uh, you know, Luther has it uh, to an extent and yeah. Nakazawa has it, even Brandon Cutler, because you're friends with one of the top guys. And yeah. you almost have to work harder to prove that. Of that's what I like to see. Like, Luther's actually pretty good or QT actually. Yep. like, Yeah, that's why you're here. You're right. not here on a friendship plan. Right. You're here because you do a lot yeah. of work and you deserve to be here the friendship plan gets
1: you in the door yes it gives you a look yes but like you still have to produce every time that's right and that's why like i always say like in the w- the one time i got to cut a promo for like the pay-per-view match and it all out and i said that like name a time where i've gone up to the plate and struck out dude like i'm not trying to sound like arrogant mm-hmm. but i don't sh- it i'm just this is the only thing i'm good at in my life like let me have this yeah. you know what i mean like don't take this away from right me. Right, right i really study it I, it's all i do is watch wrestling like I really try to pay attention. I see what gets over, what doesn't get over, and, and I try. Yes, I'm not the greatest, most exciting babyface. I'm not a babyface human being. It is what it is. Like, <laughs> I enjoy the – and I enjoy – you know,
0: so. <laughs> Who's your favorite wrestlers of all time that you, like, you, study, you study wrestling? So, uh,
1: Shawn Michaels, definitely. Mm-hmm. The Rocks, one of my, one of my favorites. Um, and then I have, like, right under those two, I have like my other five, and it's like you, Triple H, Randy Orton, Razor Ramon is a big one for me. Great. And then Macho Man. Those are like. That's a pretty good list. Yeah. That's a pretty good list. I try to
0: steal a little bit from everybody. But that's what makes, that's what a professional does. That's
1: the way I was taught. Nowadays, I think it's different because every time I ask people, like, well, who do you want to be? It's like, I want to be Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z. And I'm like, what? Don't you want to be a wrestler? Like, you can't be in, you know, or I'm an alien. Like, Chris Tatlander, like, you're not a real alien. Like, you you know you're not an alien. Right, right. Just pick a wrestler that, you know, so.
0: What's your uh, last question? What's your favorite match that you ever had? Hmm. Hmm.
1: Well, last week. uh, Last week would be it. Uh, But before that, I had one with... Uh, in ring of honor with roderick strong that was not meant to be good Mm. and it was really good and we got into like a huge argument and here's why someone was ribbing me because i was like the non-ring of honor wrestler like the style hey you should do the people's elbow i was like okay like i'll do it in a heartbeat are you kidding me (laughs) so and roderick was like and why don't you miss it and i was like okay but instead of missing it because the finish is your Walls of Jericho. Mm -hmm. Why don't you just pick my leg in midair and then get me in it and I'll get to the ropes or I'll kick off and then I'll close on you or something. Nah, that doesn't work. Of course it'll work. Like
0: it definitely works. with The Rock all the time. So
1: he goes, no, it's not going to work, dude. And I was like, it worked with Chris Jericho and The (laughs) Rock all the time. Like, did you watch wrestling? Which is why I had a bad reputation (laughs) because it definitely worked. I've never, I plagiarized everything. Like that's what you're supposed to do. Like make it your own. (laughs) So instead I end up, Missing this people's elbow Which as soon as I kicked his arm And took the elbow Crazy booze I missed the people's elbow um, He ends up schoolboying me And then I give him Like a back elbow and it was just so like Non
0: yeah.
1: It was the only part of the match I didn't like but I was just like, dude, let me have
0: – I'm telling you, this <laughs> works. works. It's, it's so the obvious. Finish. It's
1: the finish. Like, they did it all the time, all of 2001, <laughs> you know? That's
0: right. And the other one that I did all the time was when Hogan went for the leg drop. Super yeah. Leg. It's
1: like, why don't you just – we next, don't have to recreate anything. Like, just watch what they do.
0: Next time I see Roderick, I'll have to tell him, dude, yeah. you were wrong. Yeah, tell him, yeah. Yeah, he
1: probably doesn't even remember the match. I remember because uh, it was like when I knew, like, man, maybe I should just shut my mouth, especially because he chops mm-hmm. really hard. And I don't like to chop. Huh. So, like, yeah, he was just and, – and then I never chopped him back the whole match. And when I came in the back, even Delirious was like, I'm surprised you never chopped him back. I was like, I just don't like it, man. Like, <laughs> I'll
0: take it. We'll I'll take that. him
1: all the time, but it hurts my hand, you know. <laughs> I like pro wrestling, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, good job, dude. See, you did it great. Yeah, I First made it. First important podcast, it. you made it through. Thanks, man. Of course. Thank you.